Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody. Monday edition of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. We've got a lot of stories to get through, a lot to talk about all across this great land of ours. Attorney General Merrick Garland was on TV over the weekend insisting that DOJ officials do not allow partisan considerations to play any role in their determination. Sure, we'll discuss that. You have Donald Trump appearing in his fraud trial in New York City. We'll have some updates on that one for you. They are coming at Trump not only in four different criminal indictments, but also civil uh, civil assault using the legal system against Donald Donald Trump. Um, Clay and I haven't gotten to talk together yet here on air about the possibility of an RFK Jr. Well, we've talked about the possibility, but RFK Jr. has brought up that this may actually happen. Something to discuss. The likely new senator from the state of California. Certainly a topic uh, we should be discussing. You've got a couple scientists get the Nobel Prize in medicine for the discoveries that enabled the mRNA vaccines development to fight against COVID. Feels like, feels like maybe a little bit of politics in uh, in this because it's not like they just figured it out recently. Um, so we'll have that conversation uh, here as well. But uh, of all the things that I saw, you know, I moved on Friday, so I was really I was out of the news cycle. I was Clay stacking boxes and carrying them and complaining about my lower back and doing the things that one does during a move. The government getting funded. Not a surprise. And I know that there are people we can talk about at the back and forth with uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy. And did he sell out? And is he the McCarthy that people thought he was until about, what was it, the beginning of this year? Or no, yes, the beginning of this year when he was all of a sudden based, uh, hardcore, you could count on him, Speaker McCarthy. Uh, seems like maybe some people have a little bit of a different opinion right now. But the most interesting thing that I saw, 
the moment when I was thinking, wow, this is when it's fun to be on radio, Clay. This is when you have something to discuss, is the pulling of a fire alarm by Congressman Jamal Bowman and the efforts to try to explain this away over the course of, of the weekend. Um, the, the decision that they were going to back this up, Clay, was absolutely crazy. Wait, here we go. Here is MSNBC. So just so we're all clear, they're trying to have a vote to fund the government, and a, a Democrat member of Congress decides to pull the fire alarm in, in Congress so they can't hold the vote, right? That's the, that's on video. These are the facts of the case. They are not in dispute. Everyone agrees. Here is MSNBC trying to explain this one. Play four. There was a mention of Jamal Bowman, Congressman um, Jamal Bowman, and the pulling of some sort of fire alarm. I just want to read for you some of the reporting so you understand what actually went on there. Um, there were some reports that began to emerge about Representative Bowman, who was um, seen pulling some sort of fire alarm um, in the Cannon House office building earlier today. We got a statement on that. Um, saying Congressman Bowman did not realize he would trigger a building alarm as he was rushing to make an urgent vote. The congressman regrets any um, confusion, just to clarify some things on that. I mean, just, just to clarify, Clay, h- how many accidental fire alarm pulls in the halls of any building have you done in your life? Because I know the answer for me is zero. Zero. And, and, and I think this is, this is one so fun because it's so profoundly stupid. Um it would be one thing if he had gone through a door. Because I was thinking about this as this story continued to grow. And I bet you have done this too, Buck. In fact, I did it recently at a New York City hotel. There was a long wait for an elevator. I was like, screw it. I'm just going to go down the stairs myself. You get down to ground level. And there's kind of a door that's a little bit cracked open. But it says, you know, if you open this door, the emergency alarm is going to go off. And you make the decision. You're like, yeah, I don't think the emergency alarm is actually going to go off. You walk out through the door. I've, I've never set off an alert emergency alarm on a door before. But to make the so I, if he had done that, I would say, oh, you know, maybe he's making the decision that he doesn't think this alarm is going to go off. Maybe this door is not actually alarmed, which I don't know. It feels like 75% of the time, those emergency exit door alarms are not actually armed and people go in and out of them all the time. But to make the decision to pull the alarm on the wall, there, there is, unless there is a fire and you are trying to create a fire alarm, I can't imagine anybody over the age of like five or six intentionally doing that and trying to make an excuse because there is no defense in that position, it is going to go off, right? And so I I just, I, I don't know what the consequences from a legal perspective should be for him, although using January 6th as a precedent where everybody who did anything remotely to uh, to forestall the execution of the government's business was punished to the full extent of the law, based on that precedent, there should be criminal charges brought, but at a minimum, he should own what he did, which was very intentional, and it appears designed to create more time for Democrats to be able to react to the situation when there was uh, certainly a rush job at, uh, afoot to try to pass a variety of different bills. I mean, what's your take? Should he be prosecuted criminally in your mind? <sighs> 
I mean, it's such answer... a stupid thing to do, right? But the precedent they've set is full extent of the law prosecution for stupid things that truly weren't threats. I mean, if you're putting grandmas in jail for walking around with selfie sticks in the Capitol, then a congressperson pulling a fire alarm intentionally seems like it should be criminal. It, well, it's definitely a crime. The question is, will they prosecute and what would the punishment be? Uh, look, this happened when I was in college. People would do this. They would get oh, yeah. drunk and perhaps smoke certain substances and they thought it was somehow funny. This, this was a, we had a, a plague of this on our campus yeah. for a while, many, many years ago. People would pull the fire alarm because the fire trucks would all show up and everyone have to get outside. But the by building. the way, it also, the result of this is when you have all these false fire alarms go off, eventually you just don't react to a fire alarm. And then there could be a fire and somebody could end up being a victim because they're so used to these things going off, right? The answer though is, I think in the case, I went to school in Massachusetts. I think it was like a $500 fine for a first time offense, something like that. You know, we, we've got to be, we've got to be clear when you talk about obstructing, you know, government business, they're going to make a defense. First of all, they're going to just say that, I don't know what else to say, that, that he was so, that he's so inept in, in his ability to distinguish I don't know. Can they make if that you, argument? If Is you that... pull a friggin' fire alarm, I you're pulling a fire alarm, right? Yeah. On the wall. Again, if he had gone through a, a door and yeah, he's that like, can I didn't think that was monitored. I didn't think it was going to go off. Like we've used that door for a long time and it's never, you know, gone off before. Like I could understand his defense. There is no way to me, and I would say the same thing. I've got a 15 year old buck. You're talking about in a, in a dorm. If there was video of my 15 year old pulling a fire alarm at his school. I would say, or my tw- or my thirteen year old, I would say, you guys deserve punishment for this. Like, there's no way to defend pulling a fire alarm on the wall. That I mean, it, it's like if you break a, the glass to get a fire extinguisher and you start spraying the fire extinguisher and there's no fire, like you should be punished for that, right? There, there's no defense for anyone over the age of about five or six years old to me pulling a fire alarm on the wall. And the fact that he did it and is trying to claim that there, that he did nothing wrong, if he just owned it, uh, I, I would feel a little bit different, maybe. But I, I, I think he should be prosecuted. And I hate to say that because I'm not a hanging judge, so to speak. Like, I don't think we should be trying to throw the full book at everybody for relatively minor offenses. But when you're putting grandmas with selfie sticks in prison for disrupting Congress, why would you not hold a congressman to the same standard at this point? You know, now I feel like I'm in the, I'm in my, uh, Congressman Bowman's lawyer over here. Um, you know, they're, they'll argue that there's a difference in the severity between, uh, the, the transfer of power and the congressional vote in that instance and this, although this is government funding, it's a big Here's deal. Here's the question, actually. Buck. Has this ever happened before? Cause I don't remember a congressperson ever intentionally pulling a fire no. alarm before on camera. So I mean, it's I mean, not I'll, as I'll, if this is like some sort of, you know, usual procedural tactic. I, I think that here's, here's one thing. You know, if someone called in, let's say a, a bomb threat anywhere, mm-hmm. a bomb threat to Congress certainly would fall into this category. Like, oh yeah, if they find you, you're, you're going to go to prison, right? Yeah. You're, you're going to set, you're going to prison time. And you that. should. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you see in this case, pulling a fire alarm, he's falling on the, uh, falling into the argument or making the argument that it was somehow an accident. I don't think that's plausible, but I don't think that in other cases where people have pulled fire alarms, 
they go to prison. That's what I was like. They're not going to. Oh, I don't like, think you should go. I'm, I'm saying you should prosecute him. I don't think you should. I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody would he, convict him. But if you're going to set the a precedent fine. of we prosecute grandmas with selfies, yeah, he might pay a $500 fine eventually. But what I mean, if you do this, I mean, it, let's just take it take it outside of, of Congress. If you got caught pulling a fire alarm in most high schools in America and you set off a fire alarm, there would be pretty consequential punishment, I think, to the average kid if they found you on camera. Yeah, they'd doing suspend that. you. I don't know what it would be. Yeah. They'd probably suspend you for a week or two. I mean, Clay, yeah. this is, this is the, the, the issue for everyone who's saying the law is the law. I can tell you that they'll say other people who have pulled fire alarms in other instances have ended up paying a fine. So should he be, should he be forced to do that? Yes. Because if the law is the law, then that's what the law says. But the, the um, you know, Maybe he's gonna. No one's gonna get locked up for this. Is my point. Like that's just yeah. not realistic. So well, people, that would be the, the January six comparisons to this. Yeah. Um, are are not going to sway anybody in the D.C. legal system. Um, but we do have a we have a two a two track legal system now based on what side of the political aisle you're on, and particularly in Washington D.C., uh, which you see not only in this instance with the the way this is likely to play out, and it's funny that they're like AOC was on TV. Saying that in a moment of panic, he, moment of panic, what? It's, it's, it's not, it's implausible. Like they're making implausible arguments and they know it and they don't care. But, you know, I, I think that in DC, whether it's Trump facing, uh, Judge Ch- uh, Chutkin and the J6 trial or anything kind of day to day run of the mill, uh, workings of the justice system, if you are a conservative, or a Republican, or considered to be on the right, you are starting off in a bad in a bad position. If you're a Democrat, the opposite is true. Correct, and you get the benefit of being in Washington D.C., where it's almost impossible to convict the Democrat of anything. So, I mean, you talk about a rigged jury system that's totally in favor of of you. I think maybe the end result, Buck, is they should just censure him. I mean, I would think every Republican would vote, hey, if you pull the fire alarm to try to delay the process of uh, of uh, getting votes done in House of Representatives or Senate, that's a big no-no. Uh, maybe that's the end result. I also think Democrats should stop defending him. I think we have audio of people that, I mean, again, just proving that there is no ridiculous thing that can be done that people will not defend um, and that's just the latest example of rampant partisanship that is taking over in this country where you're literally defending a guy who intentionally pulled a fire alarm. I mean, wh- what are we going to here? Well, I, I think it's because they realize they ha- they have to make some kind of defense because otherwise he just broke the law and there have to be some kind of consequences, right? So they're, they're le- they have no good options. It's kind of like running Joe Biden for re-election. Nobody wants to do it, Clay. Yeah, they got no good options. Look, I didn't have time for it this weekend, but to all the gun owners out there, did you manage to get a visit into the gun range this weekend? Because whenever you can get a few hours of target practice, you know your skills improve. Nothing takes the place of practice. But if your weekend was like mine, you're a little busy for a range visit, well, guess what? You can still get in practice just like I do with the Mantis X system. This is the way a lot of gun owners are now training. It's called dry fire practice. That's what the Mantis X is a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. This device attaches to your firearm like a weapon light, and it it connects to your phone and the Mantis X app. It gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. 
you're going to quickly see an improvement in your scores. In fact, 94% of new Mantis X users improve within 20 minutes of using the Mantis X. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Speaking truth and having fun. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We were mentioning AOC coming to Congressman Jamal Bowman's defense, saying that he was, you know, basically in a moment of high stress. So that's why he decided to pull the fire. I can't believe this is real. That's why he decided to pull the fire alarm on the wall. Here is AOC uh, proving yet again she'll defend anyone in the Democrat Party for doing anything. Listen. Representatives like Nicole Maliotakis and others immediately moved to file motions to censure, motions to expel, before there has even been conversations that are that are finished to even see if there was a misunderstanding here. What they did not do was to commit to the same when George Santos was actually found guilty after a thorough investigation of 13 federal charges. They are protecting someone who has lied to the American people, lied to the United States House of Representatives, lied to congressional investigators, but they're filing a motion of, to expel a member who, in a moment of panic, was trying to escape a vestibule? Give me a break. I love the lie at the very end, right? All the she's getting so so um, sanctimonious about oh you know the Republican first of all Santos has nothing to do with this this also, has nothing to Santos's do Santos's criminal charges are still pending he hasn't been found guilty of anything right but, but yeah but but even beyond that we're talking about Jamal Bowman what did he do it's been pointed out to me I think Jamal Bowman's a former principal um, of a high school 
So in that case, I'm sure he knows about fire safety and fire alarms quite well. Yes. It's like one of the things well, that I mean, you... it would be it would be great. This is a great story for the New York Post. If Jamal Bowman is a former principal, they need to find a kid who pulled the fire alarm in the school and find out what Jamal Bowman did to that kid. I guarantee you there was fairly significant punishment for that. I know I, I sure, sure enough, you know, I missed everybody. Uh, I, we got a tweet or two in, in the break. Someone saying, no, he should go to prison for a long time or something. This statute says up to a year in prison or a t- or up to a $10,000 fine. So should he pay a fine? Yes, he should pay a fine. There should be a fine, you know, involved here. Are they going to send him to prison as a first time offender for pulling a fire alarm? They're not going to do that. They'd find a hundred other cases in DC and you could say it's obstructing Congress, but the people that would have to make that case are the prosecutors in DC who are never going to make that case. I think they should, they should censure him, but, uh, I would say. Well, that's Congress. That's not a criminal matter, right? Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's saying. what, but that's what they're already talking about doing. I, I, I think that's probably the adequate response. And what does that really, Clay, what does that really do? What does Nothing. that really do? Nothing. It doesn't no. do anything. But what does Congress do? You know, oh, I mean, a, uh, <laughs> that's a whole other question. I mean, the, the, we, we didn't even hardly talk about the funding the government controversy because we knew it was going to get resolved. And then what happens? The last minute it gets resolved. And some of you were like, I don't know why you're not covering this. I mean, we'll talk about the Matt Gates versus Kevin McCarthy feud. But to me, it just distracts from Joe Biden's misbehavior to have Republicans feuding over what I think are relatively minor, uh, issues. More data in your cell phone plan is a good thing. 50% more every month is a great thing, especially when your cell phone company doesn't raise the monthly price of service. That's what Pure Talk did this summer. They increased the data in your plan by 50%, kept the price the same for existing and new customers. It's still just 20 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, now 50% more 5G data plus a mobile hotspot, just $20 a month. Switch to Pure Talk, veteran-owned company, one that hires the best customer service team, all located right here in the good old USA. More families saving $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Here's how you get hooked up. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, make the switch. You get an additional 50% off your first month. Again, pound 250, say Clay and Buck, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Talking to 60 Minutes about a whole range of things, um, but certainly the fact that the Department of Justice is overseeing multiple criminal prosecutions, felonies, against a former president and leading Republican presidential contender puts us into a pretty strange place right now as a country. That's one way of saying it. Definitely lets us know that uh, the old rules, it seems, have been thrown out the window a bit. First off, let's start. He, he got a little bit uh, emotional, um, and and I want to get to that. But first, here he is claiming, this is clip 17, that it's not like they have one set of rules for Republicans and another one for Democrats. Play it. We do not have one rule for Republicans and another rule for Democrats. We don't have one rule for foes and another for friends. We don't have one rule for the powerful and another for the powerless, for the rich or for the poor, based on ethnicity. We have only one rule. And that one rule is that we follow the facts and the law, and we reach the decisions required by the Constitution, and we protect civil liberties. Are you essentially saying, as Attorney General to the American people, trust me? Well, in the end, I, I suppose it does in the end come down to trust, but it's not just me. 
It's decades of the, of the norms of this department that are part of the DNA of the career prosecutors who are running the investigation. Clay, I, I think the problem with this is we have seen, put, take Trump out of it for a second. It is impossible to make an argument that Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, has not received incredibly correct lenient treatment from the Justice Department stretching back now for me- for many years. It- it's just not credible. There is no argument that Hunter Biden is not treated, has not been treated differently and very favorably because of who his dad is. So what Merrick Garland is saying it-, it doesn't hold up even without bringing Trump into the equation, which is a whole other level. Yeah, and I, I think we have, do we have Merrick Garland saying that basically being attorney general is a public trust? And that the goal is to hand off the Department of Justice whenever you step down to the next attorney general so that we can continue to develop that legacy of trust. Um, that's the argument that he tries to make. And to me, this is where I, 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 I'm so fired up about this 60 minute interview in the first place, Buck. As you well know, in a case like this, Merrick Garland gets media requests all day long every day. So they basically decided, we want 60 minutes to help launder Merrick Garland's reputation right now. And this is important, too. The reason why 60 Minutes audience is so huge is they come right out of the uh, NFL. So uh, all over the country, this is one of the biggest audiences that you could have anywhere. And so they made the conscious decision because they probably have looked at the numbers. Um, and this is, this is just, it, it, it's indefensible to me that this is allowed to happen. This is about laundering his reputation. And I believe he chokes up and starts crying. Play cut 26, I believe it is, of Merrick Garland choking up and crying last night on 60 Minutes. People can argue with each other as much as they want and as vociferously as they want. But the one thing they may not do is use violence and threats of violence to alter the outcome. An important aspect of this is the American people themselves. The American people must protect each other. They must ensure that they treat each other with civility and kindness, listen to opposing views, argue as vociferously as they want, but refrain from violence and threats of violence. That's the only way this democracy will survive. Okay, 60 minutes. You absolute rubber stamps for the uh, elite. If I'm sitting across from Mayor Garland and he makes that argument, Buck, you know what my first response is? The, the tears don't work on me. How about you're allowing people to sp- protest and threaten Supreme Court justices every single day and night for years now. And that's clearly against the law. At a minimum, if if you are standing by that standard, how in the world have you not arrested everybody protesting outside the homes of Supreme Court justices? And especially given we already had one lunatic who was armed, who showed up and tried to assassinate, that he wanted to assassinate a, a conservative member of the Supreme Court. Uh, I, it's interesting, Clay. There are multiple places you could have gone with that. I thought you were going to say, "How can he make this claim when they held for up to eighteen months, maybe a little more, 
people in sol- in in solitary confinement effectively in the DC prison system before trial because even though they were nonviolent they were such a threat to this country well that's his argument their- would be i'm sure that there was a threat to the country so look if you are going to be yeah, and i but use that this argument phrase, in, that argument's insane oh i think i think it's insane it's but my that's that's my point on it though is and and i use this phrase and i hope people are familiar with it because it is, uh, it, it's, it's one that I think is important. If you're going to be a so-called hanging judge, right? There are all different sorts of, of standards of prosecutorial discretion that you can apply. The, the phrase hanging judge means you find somebody who commits the merest, you know, scintilla of a crime and you throw the absolute book at them. If you were going to be a stickler for prosecution across the board, that's not the way that I would be a judge, Buck. I wouldn't be, okay, if I were sitting on the bench. But if that is the standard of justice that you are going to met out, then it has to be evenly applied. And to your point, if you're going to put all these Jan 6 political prisoners, because I think it is fair to say that, in prison, then you should be throwing the book at everybody who rioted during the BLM protests, but at a minimum. You should be, given we had a legitimate assassination attempt of Brett Kavanaugh, you should be arresting everyone who is protesting outside of Supreme Court Justice Holmes because that is a violation. And some people don't understand this, Buck. I'm a absolutist on the First Amendment. You can say whatever you want pretty much about me. Go into the mentions and read what people say every day about you and me and all our opinions and everything else. More power to you. You don't have the right to show up at my front porch and harass my family as they come and go from the house, you don't have the right to engage, basically, to physically engage in uh, in opposition to a Supreme Court justice. This is, under the law, illegal. And yet, they have done nothing to stop this, despite the fact, Buck, that there was an assassination attempt on Brett Kavanaugh. And we talked about, sadly, on this show that the leak of the Supreme Court opinion. You would think Merrick Garland, I, 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 I just come back to it, they couldn't figure out who that was. I told you Are, at the beginning, it's a, it's a I said, lie. they're not yeah. going to figure out who it is because they don't want to figure out who it is. Because we all know that it was some Democrat activist inside the Supreme Court Correct. chambers who decided that he or she was attempting to really change the course of judicial and and American history by breaking faith and trust with that institution. But there was no interest in finding out who who did that. But there are so many places, so many ways uh, to take this question of, which Merrick Garland promotes as as somehow rhetorical, like it's, you know, do do people really think that there's a two-tiered justice system? Do people really think that we have a political... The answer is yes. People really do think that. And they Correct. think it now more than they have ever thought it before. People think that finally we have reached a stage where the Justice Department is weaponized for the most obvious partisan politics, and whatever jurisdiction you may happen to be charged in matters a whole heck of a lot more than the facts of the case. You know, this is why these uh, these fraud trials keep happening in, in New York. Interesting, Trump's done a lot of business in a lot of places. done a lot of business in Florida. I don't see a fraud trial happening down here. We all know what's going on in New York City. We all understand what's happening at the federal level, and it's the system being used to punish those who are viewed as a threat to its power, not not as a uh, a transgressor of sacred principle. I mean, to your point, it's not like everybody who breaks the law gets punished 
and maybe we should ever talk about how it's too severe. It's Republicans get crushed, Democrats get a second chance, or they even get told that they're good people for breaking the law. Look at the BLM riots. Yeah, and this is why I thought, Buck, and people who go back and listen, you know, years ago when we first started on on this program, uh, my prediction was that Merrick Garland would prosecute Hunter Biden and prosecute uh, Donald Trump, and that his argument would be whether you're the son of the president or a former president, we don't provide favorable treatment to you. Instead, it what appeared to occur is the sweetheart deal that Hunter Biden was set to get actually embarrassed Merrick Garland and Weiss and everybody else in the Department of Justice to such an extent that they ended up filing charges on the gun situation. We still don't know, though. I mean, this this is an open and shut case, Buck. If you and I or anybody out there listening to us had not paid millions of dollars in taxes, do you think that we would have taken six years for the IRS to bring charges against us? I don't, I mean this honestly. I'm not sure that there is a single person in America today who has not paid millions of dollars in taxes. And I don't mean like accounting arguments where you're disputing, hey, can I write this off? Can I not? I'm talking about you didn't file a tax return knowing that you owed millions of dollars in payments. I'm not sure that the IRS, this would be a great question, could point to one person in America who has not filed taxes, I think, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. I think it was five years in a row, Buck. I'm not sure they could point to one person in America who is not criminally charged for doing what Hunter Biden did on his tax return. I mean, I mean, think about it. There are, there are people listening right now who are thinking about all those years they were calculating state sales tax and they're buying things on Amazon and online because they didn't want to run afoul of the IRS. You see the new IRS yeah. requirements. I'll mention this when we come back. But uh, in fact, let's put, we got a couple yeah. of calls, by the way. Let me say this too. If you've ever been punished for pulling a fire alarm on the wall, not opening a door, pulling the fire alarm on the wall, we got a caller who wants to tell us what happened to him. Open opportunity. We're not going to prosecute you. I would love to hear what happened to you if you pulled a fire alarm on the wall uh, at, at any point in your life. Uh, open phone lines, 800-282-2882. Need energy to get through tough Mondays like today? Well, get yourself set up with Chalk's Male Vitality Stack. This set of supplements is specially designed to provide men with the all-natural ingredients that fuel your body so that you have the energy and stamina to thrive and achieve. The leading ingredient in Chalk's Male Vitality Stack has been proven in studies to replenish diminished amounts of testosterone in a guy's body. That's crucial because testosterone is the natural hormone that provides fuel to give your body energy and focus. Most guys experience a decline in T-levels as they get older, and often it's so gradual you don't even notice the difference as it's happening. But you will notice the improvement with Chalk's Male Vitality Stack. In three months' time, studies have shown a 20% increase in testosterone levels. You'll feel fantastic. Go online to chalk.com. Use my name, Buck, to get 35% off any chalk subscription for life when you do. That's chalk with a Q, as in chok.com. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Use your CNB 24-7 subscription to get access to the guys. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Uh, we are rolling through the Monday edition of the program. Uh, we've got people calling in confession, confession time. People calling in to uh, to tell us about when they pulled the fire alarm and what happened to them. Uh, up first, Noel in San Antonio. Yeah. What did you do? What was the punishment? Give us the story. Thanks, guys. So uh, I'm 38 years old now and a resident of San Antonio, Texas. However, in elementary school, I uh, attended um, school in the state of New Jersey in Hudson County. Now, when I was in school, the Hudson County um, curriculum adopted zero tolerance policy for disruptive behavior, any sort of harassment and for fighting. What fell under there is pulling the alarm. It went from a misdemeanor to a felony um, with a sign of a pen. Within a year of uh, the school system adopting zero tolerance policy, I went ahead and on a dare pulled the fire alarm. How old so, were you? Uh, yeah, so got my. Wait, how old? Into... How old were you when you did this? So this was so this was seventh grade. Uh, okay. Must have been thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, what happened? So I was immediately kicked out of school. I was given a ten day suspension immediately. Um, my parents were called in. I, I had my mom and my stepdad at the time. They were called into the school, at which point they were notified that the school was also going to refer me to criminal court. So the police were called while I was there at the school. The police came in. They told me that, that at that time I was facing uh, either a disorderly persons, a disturbance of the peace, or even a felony. So they wanted to hammer in that I was in serious trouble at that point. So our very first court date, um, the judge wanted to give me a felony. Uh, he went back and forth with our lawyer at the time. Um, our lawyer was able to get that first hearing in recess. 
But uh, the long story short is that they took my license. So remember, I was 13, 14. I wasn't eligible to start getting my license till 16, 17. So they made sure that I couldn't get my license for uh, the first six months after I was of age. Um, my parents had a series of tickets that they had to pay on my behalf, which included disorderly persons, disturbance of the peace. Um, I was given a 10-day suspension, followed by a one month of in-school suspension, where I had to sit and have lunch with the guidance counselor for a month. And, uh, you know, I guess I was just distrusted by the staff at that point, you know. Um, so it was a horrible experience, a great learning experience, however. But as far as the... Uh, congressman that pulled that alarm, he knows exactly what he was doing. He knows Thank you for the call. For I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad that you've uh, been put on the straight and narrow since Buck. We've got David in Biloxi, Mississippi. How old were you when you pulled a fire alarm, David? Is David still uh, there? Well, let's let's try Jeff in Sacramento. Then we got a lot of fire alarm pullers. Yeah, a lot of uh, confessors here, Buck. <laughs> in this audience. What's up, Jeff? Hey, I didn't pull a fire alarm, but uh, I worked in building maintenance for 20 years, and part of my job was to maintain the fire life safety system. I just say most modern fire alarm pull stations are a two-step operation where you have to, like, push in and pull down. I saw some photos on the line with that guy near a fire alarm pull station that had a plastic cover on it. That'd make it a three-step operation. So for him to say that he did it accidentally, that's just a lie. But um, the other thing I wanted to know about is if he did it, not accidentally, um, he did it on purpose with the intent of disrupting the uh, proceedings of Congress. That's got to bump it up to a January 6th felony, right? Well, we don't think they'll prosecute it very heavily. Let's get to Scott in Omaha really quickly. You were at boot camp. Somebody pulled it. What happened? Yeah, actually, I was in boot camp. Uh, we were in line at the galley, and there was a guy that, in front of me that he asked me what would happen if he pulled it. I'm like, God. Oh, I don't think you want to do that because that's going to cause the alarm to go off. He did it really slow and nothing happened. So then the guy's like, oh, you got to do it this way. And he pulled it really hard and then the alarm went off. 400 recruits had to leave the galley. They had a clear fire truck came in. They said it was fine. And we never saw the guy again. He got kicked out of the Navy. He even said that he wanted to do 20 years and he didn't finish the rest of the day. He sent home. Don't pull the fire alarm. Moral of the story. (laughs) Unless there's a fire. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.